Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Toxic Cheese. I'm your host, Cheese, and my guest here with me is Alec Craig. Alec, what's up, man? Cheese, man. How's it going? Good, man. So, Alec here, he's one of my best friends. He's a hardworking man. He's working at his family-run business, Craig Weldon, nowadays, and he attends uh, some barbecue com- cooking competitions with some of the best pit masters in the nation. So, I've known Alec since he was in middle school, but we didn't start getting close to freshman year. Is that right, Alec? Yeah. Um... I would say me and Cheese hung out a little bit throughout middle school. Yeah, here and there. Um, so the first time, the first time I met Adrian, um, or Cheese, you can call him. <laughs> but back then it was just Adrian. Only. Yeah, at the time it was Adrian. Um, we were in social studies, I believe. Yeah, right? sixth grade. In this sixth grade. And this kid is sitting in the front of the class. I'm in the back of the class, and all I keep hearing is, "Oh my gosh, Alec Craig's in my class." Oh my gosh, Alec Craig's in my class. I'm like, you know, a little sixth grader. Who, like, who is this kid talking to me? Little did I know, you know, ten years later, this kid would be my best friend. So yeah, here we more, are. I think more than ten years later. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really like uh, freshman year. We just kicked it off, like, because I was on the football team for a bit. So yeah, and, and Jared's podcast or LJ's podcast, uh, he talked a little bit about the the first time he met Jared or LJ. Yeah, the first time Cheese and LJ met, and kind of just just funny, and then kind of kind of from there on out you know me and cheese just kind of kicked it off with you know many friends in between you know lj um tanner tanner and wes the uh, boys webby yeah there's there's a lot of them and and it's just been great times yeah yeah no kidding and then dude like literally throughout the years we have a lot of memories together a lot of inside jokes like uh, alex girlfriend erica like told you hey you and she's have made so many inside jokes yeah and and one of my favorite stories about the first time my parents met cheese is um, Tanner Andrews, one of the best, probably the best athlete to ever come through Tippecanoe Valley. So cheese and Tanner are at my house. We're just playing a pickup basketball game outside. And my dad's out there. I, I think he's grilling or something like that. And he's like, Alec, you know, who, who is this kid? And I'm like, you know, he's, it's, it's cheese. Just hang out with him, watch him. You'll understand why his name's cheese, you know, smiles all the time. And, uh, he's watching and Tanner Andrews and cheese are, are playing one V one basketball. And, uh, Jesus Dean Tanner up like, like yeah Beverly. like he's Patrick Beverly Tanner Andrews and I'm pretty sure Tanner Andrews spun around him and dunked on him and cheese picks the ball up chucks it back at him and is like let's go again like the, the funny <laughs> thing is I was being serious yeah like dead serious <laughs> Tanner, Tanner was kind of just sitting there laughing you know Tanner's six two what you were at the time five five five, five two, six five two <laughs> yeah and and oh man what a what a great memory yeah and then from there on like speaking about like the memories like he mentioned his dad like literally his family is like literally second family to me they really have done a lot um for me over the years like heck i've mentioned alec himself and i mentioned like his family his parents jay and shelly his sisters lydia and, and emma throughout these episodes because they really have done a lot for me and i really can't thank them enough really honestly yeah and and kind of going back on that cheese's you know, any, any birthday party in my family, whether it's, you know, sisters, parents, uh, even cousins, you know, he, he gets them a gift every single, every single birthday, every Christmas, uh, no matter what. So yeah, super thankful for cheese and, and can't, can't imagine him not being in our lives. Yeah. And I appreciate that, Alec. And then like, yeah, like they were de- like there for me for like the down times and, uh, I won't get into the details and stuff, but pretty much like whenever like I hit rock bottom due to personal like life problems, they were always there for me. And then even still to this day, like my mom is really thankful for them. So like, I think one time Alec was at my brother's graduation party and my mom took it, took the moment and thanked Alec. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and <laughs> this is kind of going back to another funny story, but um, kind of explaining how close cheese is with my family. Back to the many stories that we have. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was my freshman year in college. Um, and my parents had cookouts every Sunday, kind of just with family and cheese would always go over to those. And some Sunday night I was sitting there at college studying or whatever I was doing. And I get a Snapchat from, from cheese and I'm like, all right, let's see what this is. Open it up and cheese is laying in my bed. And he said, I'm in a food coma. And I'm like, first off, why are you at my house on a Sunday night? And second off, why are you laying in my bed? Like, what are you doing? But that kind of just explains the, the, the connection and the friendship and, and all of that, that kind of goes along outside of just me and cheese being close friends. Yeah. Like honestly, I like, I don't think I can't think of like a, any other friend on top of my head that where their family is cool. Me hanging out with them despite that friend not being there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all of our other all of our other friends' families aren't cool at all, so they're it's not worth hanging out with them. No, I'm just joking. But yeah, no, I'm super fortunate that that kind of to have cheese and and to be able to bring him into kind of like one of our own and yeah. and and yeah. And then I don't know we're still ranting about this, but I need to mention this for like example, like heck, even today of this recording, I was like letting his family know, like his his parents and his sister know about what I've been going through work and asking them about their feedback and their advice. And it's always good to really uh, hear more, uh, you know, perspectives on things when you're close with someone like that, other than just your parents. Yeah, and I think we'll get into this a little later, but I'm super fortunate to to have a family who, you know, always has everybody's back and and sure. honestly just gives good advice to kind of any situation that you're going through oh yeah i can't like i said once again i couldn't be more thankful but anyways alec i want to say thanks for coming on man yeah i appreciate it i'm happy to be here about time right right it takes what <laughs> 33 episodes huh yeah yeah and yeah and other than your dad you're like the most requested person like people ask me like dude why isn't alec on the pod why isn't alec on the pod my dad is more requested are you serious that's i think it's ty but yeah gee, that dude has more followers on instagram and tiktok he, he just he, i don't know if he actually hit it but he almost hit a million views on a tiktok post and it's crazy <laughs> yeah and like i'm sitting here you know the i'm i'm in the both of us are in the generation of tiktok instagram all of that like we should have you know followers and and all of that and i look at my dad's stuff and it's like you know five thousand followers on instagram a million views on tiktok like what is going on it's crazy huh yeah, but he's worked for that and, and he deserves that yeah well and we'll get into it that yeah later. absolutely so alec i just want to like ask you man like personally how was the how was it going to valley man because you were a heck of an athlete man yeah so valley was it i mean great's the first word that comes to the top of my head um you know and, and a lot of people not from that community kind of just like don't you know you don't get it till you're a part of it and erica you know she she went to rochester she taught at caston for the past two years and this year she she ended up going to to valley to teach but kind of yeah mentone and within her first two weeks i think she sent me down and was like like you were right like you were right it's it's, and it's just a family like there's no other than family you know there's not a another great way to emphasize that or or kind of explain that but the amount that 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 family ultimately has been through um with tragedy and and so on and so forth it's it's been you know, it's it's just something that you don't understand until you're a part of it. Yeah, and I'm pretty much explained those tragedies or those ups throughout the episodes. Yeah. So, and then keep in mind, guys, like we graduated together in 2017, and honestly, Alec is one of the only people probably 
that I, I still talk to in my class like on a daily basis. Yes, I talk to DJ like every once in a while, but on a consistent basis, it's Al- it's Alec, man. Yeah, and all that that's great, but also that's kind of like it's unfortunate and it sucks that that's just the way. You know, every every place is going to be like that. You know, every school, every town, you scenario know. type. Yeah, of stuff. like once you once you graduate, you're kind of just going to grow apart. Um, and I'm looking forward to class reunions so we can get back and, and see and everybody. Just catch up, right? Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like life changes so much from the time you're an 18 year old until you're well, a 28 yeah, year old yeah 28 tw- i mean we're 24 now and i i can't even tell you you know the last time i talked to some of our classmates and you know sometimes you're just like curious like <laughs> what like what are they doing you know yeah. and, and i want to i want to learn about them and like learn kind of what their goal they know too, right? yeah because yeah. everyone has different paths yeah know? absolutely and it's funny because like i was just at Walmart the other day and i saw Rico bowler and he's like what's up geez i'm like what's up and it's like you wonder man what was he doing yeah yeah absolutely you know you'll see kids from high school and, and you'll kind of hey how's it going you know oh it's going good you know that's and that's kind of the that's kind of, that's the extent of it um and sometimes you you know you go home and sit there and kind of think like i wish i would have asked this or that or you know, whatever, right. just because now I'm curious, which and it makes you anxious to go to the uni- uh, reunion. Yeah, not that not that it matters, but you know, you grow you grow up with these kids from the time you're what six years old, to, or if we're talking about mental and Akron, like sixth grade. Yeah, say sixth, say yeah, even sixth grade to the time you're 18 years old, like, and that is just a little part of your life that does not even. That's just a little part of your life that has nothing to do from the time you're 18 to 24, and life changes so much in between then that it's it's just crazy With kids marriages getting your own house etc yeah. we can like yeah absolutely so alec speaking about like value more in depth right like i said you're a heck of an athlete you're a three-sport athlete like webby and, and lj playing football basketball and baseball right yeah so tell me about your accomplishments and some fun memories you had in valley sports in general yeah so there was a lot of you know in, in especially in in the time that we were in high school there's a lot of ups and downs you know basketball for one like it was one of the best times of my life i i would go back in a heartbeat same with football same with baseball yeah so i one of my i think my all-time you know favorite sporting high school memory is uh it's actually basketball basketball which baseball was kind of my passion but um basketball i think you know i i grew up playing with a kid from Whitco. his name was nate walpole uh, we kind of we played summer summer AAU basketball together. Kind of went back and forth at all times, uh, and then senior year, and you know it was like this was it, you know, for us. You know, this is kind of the end of the end of the road. I mean, obviously we're still friends today, but um, that game. Do you remember? I think it went into quadruple yes, overtime. I remember exactly quadruple overtime. Um, we ended up winning, and he had I I think Nate had forty six points, and I I think I scored thirty. He had a triple double. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I so. um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those games that it was just like, you know, I think he had four fouls. I had four fouls quadruple overtime. He hit a, a half quarter um, in the third overtime right in front of my face to send it to a fourth overtime. Uh, it was just one of those games that like you sit back on and, and, you can re- try to relive it as best you can as many times as possible. Because that was a crazy game. Yeah, it's and a regular season game too. Yeah, it was just a regular season game, and you know, Bill Patrick uh, was the coach at the time. And then it was um, his last year, right, with us, right? I think he coached one more year after okay, that. Okay, I wasn't but, sure. Yeah, but um, you know, he coached at Whitco before that, so like he always wanted to get Whitco. There's um, something about it. Yeah, it's just his perspective. Yeah, and it's kind of like you know, we our rival, our rivals Rochester. You right. know, we always want to get Rochester, and and he came from Whitco, and but that was kind of like, it just hit different. Yeah, and like obviously Rochester was still a rivalry, but like for him, he was like, 
you know, let's play, let's beat Whitco. And we always, for some reason, played good against Whitco. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those games that like, man, it was, it was freaking fun. Like it was, it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Didn't we win one conference in any sports? Yeah. So, yeah. So we won conference in basketball my freshman year. I believe we tied for it my sophomore year. Don't quote me on that. Um, my junior year in baseball, we won conference. Um, and that was the first time in five or six years. So that was fun to be a part of. Um, and then football, I, I don't think, I don't think we won conference yeah, in year. Was, you know, uh, that was, that was kind of, uh, you know, uh, the, the four years of Valley that definitely was not the best. Um, but it was still a blast. I would go back and play football. You game. still made the best of it. Yeah. And then I want to ask you about this. Cause I asked Steve when I had him on the podcast, right? Yeah. How was it just having him on your side our senior year? It was, it was great. Like I, I asked him every single year I was in high school to come coach. Yeah. You know, like, come, come on. And you like know, kind he, of like a joke as a joke or what? Kind of, kind of, being kind of but I knew, I knew like at some day he wanted to get back into it and I yeah. wanted to, you know, kind of be a, not a part of it, but be with him during that. Right. Um, and it growing up, he always told me, you know, once, once you get back in high school, I'll get back into it. Um, and I don't blame, you know, kids and you like life catches up with you and you get busy and yeah, like I don't blame him for that at all. But then obviously senior year, um, he came in and was able to coach. I think it was, it was a little before halfway through the season. Um, he, he, uh, he ripped into me probably more than I've ever been ripped into, uh, twice. And I know he told the story in, in his podcast about me getting the wind knocked out of me. I, I think everybody thought I tore my ACL or something. And literally, uh, Devin Bando just went to tackle a kid. I went to tackle a kid. He hit me in the stomach and knocked the wind out of me. And I was laying there and he came out and, and chewed me. And then, um, this is, this is probably, uh, the most embarrassing thing in my high school career. But, uh, the day before the bell game, I, for some reason decided to go, I was, I was just going to go shoot, you know, start, start preparing for basketball season. Obviously football wasn't over yet. Um, but, it was a, it was a girls open gym and I was just going to shoot on the gun. Girls didn't have enough players. I decided to play, um, in the middle of that girls game, I sprained my ankle. So day before the bell game, you know, sprained ankle going into the bell game. Wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to play. Actually it was two days before the bell game. So it would have been on Wednesday, Thursday, come to practice. I, I didn't tell him, you know, I, I was nervous about that. Uh, so Shriver laid into me before that because I had to tell him, had him in class. I was limping. Um, Shrive tells Steve, Steve, I I would be shocked if he's yelled at any of his players any worse than he yelled at me, which it's, it's all love. You know, it's, he's, he's my uncle. I, and I, the second he got done yelling at me, it was, you know, I, I, I loved him just as much as I did, you know, during that. And it wasn't anything like that, but, and, and all, it was all on me, you know, it was my fault. It was not a very smart thing. You didn't know anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. So, but yeah, it was you know, having him as a coach was super, super impactful. Um, being able to be the kind of the start of where this program's at now with him. Like a spark. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, once not Steve specifically, but once Shriver took over and, and, uh, Norris, um, I think we won four games in a row. And then that was, uh, and we got to win the bill back. Yeah. I think we were zero and five and we ended, you know, in the season four and four and nine or something like that. Um, and, and I know, the year after that was Steve's first year as, as a head coach, but you know, that, that kind of, I think set the tone a little bit as, you know, 
Valley football is back. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure, dude. Yeah, and then from there, I think the next season, you know, you're it's it's not not every season is going to be you know right. a, a, a record breaking season where you go undefeated. Which fortunately we've been able to have that um, two years ago, and then lost one game last year. But kind of being able to be the start of that, and and you know be with him along the along the way and you know just be a be a nephew for him as as and he is that that's his only one which is you is pretty cool yeah like, i didn't realize it until he said that on the podcast like holy crap he is right yeah and and just kind of being able to you know communicate with him and and hey you know how's how southwood look how how's northfield uh what's the game plan yeah. you know and and being able to have that and and just talk to him and you know i always cherish those those memories of you know, being able to communicate with him. And then no one can take those memories away from you. That's the best part about this whole thing. Absolutely. So, um, just, yeah. And once talk about that Rogers game, how was it just win the belt back, just redeeming ourselves after like those last couple years of losing it, man. Yeah, it was, it was a blast. And the hardest thing about it was, like I said, just a second ago, you know, I, that whole day, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to play, you know, I, I hadn't tested it yet. Um, you're pulling up Patrick Mahomes. kind of. Yeah. Like I didn't know if I was going to be able to play. And, uh, luckily we, you know, Jen as a, as a trainer was, uh, taped it up and, and was like, Hey, just go try it, you know, stretch it out. Give me stretches to do. Uh, unfortunately I was able to play and, uh, hey, shout out to her, dude. She, yeah. she did amazing on her podcast with me. So yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was a blast. Like, you know, that's, that's something. And I don't know if it was an exactly a year ago after that, um, but you know the whole the whole Bibbler tragedy. Right. Uh, that was the Bell game my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being in, it's just crazy. Like the way you know, like God works. Um, the sky that night. Like if you look up at the sky, like Bibbler was Bibbler was had the best seat in the house watching that game. You know, it's it was it was just. I remember that. Yeah, it was just a great night all around, and and. I would go back in a heartbeat if I could. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure any like you know student athlete would say the same thing or for, former student athlete. Yep. So let's talk about why did you continue on with baseball over football and basketball to play in the call at the college level? Yeah. So that's a tough question just because I didn't ask myself that question as an 18 year old. Um, but I think, you know, when it comes to that, you have to think, you know, obviously yourself is, is what you think about, but you also have to think about other people. So specifically my parents, you know, there was, there was so much time in travel and all of that spent for baseball, you know, and, and that's kind of what I wanted and kind of what was expected out of that was to go get a baseball scholarship, you know, um, could I've got a basketball scholarship? I don't know. I didn't pursue it. Maybe. Um, could I've gotten a football one? Probably not. Um, would I, would I sitting here as an 18 year old, um, would I change anything? Absolutely not. But I think I think baseball, you know, that was my love from the time I was three years old. I think, yeah, um, you know, I was sitting, my dad would get home from work, and I I don't remember this, but he tells me stories like I would be sitting there with my mitt, his mitt, and a ball, like let's go play, like dialed in, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, I I think I was five years old, so LJ would have been an eight year old, seven or seven eight. Yeah. yeah, we uh we got like state runner up, um, an eight and under. And that kind of, I don't really remember that at all, to be honest with you. I don't remember a single part of that. Um, but I remember just growing up like, and, and I'll talk to people who are, you know, say working at a, at a restaurant when I was three years old or whatever, like everywhere I went, I was in a baseball uniform and yeah, I think that's just kind of thinking about all of that at one. Um, and, and I love baseball shout out to, uh, Justin Brannock, high school baseball coach. Um, he made me 
love the game more than I thought I loved it. Ken Jones as well. Um, he was my, my summer baseball coach, you know, just, it, it taught, taught me a ton of life lessons in general that I, I'll for one cherish forever, but two, you know, that, that kind of set the tone for why I pursued, you know, baseball. Yeah. I like it. I like the answer to that. And speaking about, you know, the college level, the baseball college level. So, um, how was the recruiting process for you and why did you eventually choose Danville? AKA Dak. Yeah. So the recruiting process, and to be honest with you, like it was stressful. Like I'll just being honest, it was, it was super stressful. Um, you know, I'd, I'd visit somewhere. My parents would love it. I'd be like, absolutely not. You know, I'd visit another place and I would love it. My parents want it. And they, they impacted that decision. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, they know me better than anybody else in the world. Right. I'm an 18 year old. I'm, I'm going to make a dumb decision. Uh, if it's all up to me. So, um, you know, kind of trying to find the place that, that fit the best. And a big thing is, and I can't emphasize this enough and, and I'll get into the story, but high school athletes, like multiple sports are important. And the reason for that is I visited Danville, um, and coach Bunton is Danville's head coach. Uh, as soon as I walk in the door, you know, I hadn't even met him yet. Talked to him on the phone for probably, you know, under five minutes. Um, and he was like, Hey man, nice game last night. And this was, this was in January. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? I look at my dad and my dad's like, I I don't know. He's like, you scored 30 points. Good game last night. And I'm like, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Like, so he, he watched my basketball game and, and this, the way, the, the way he recruited me was, uh, I, I think my mom was taking family photos of Tanner Andrews and Tanner just asked kind of how it was going, what I was thinking. Uh, Tanner was a very impactful to me, you know, kind of along this process, but, um, and my mom just kind of walked him through what, where I'm at with all of it. He was like, Hey, has he ever heard of Danville? If he's thinking about, you know, going the junior college route. And, uh, my mom's like, no, I, I, I've never heard of Danville either. And, uh, he was like, okay, well, their coach is the real deal. Um, he'll get him where he wants to go. He'll teach him the game the right way. And, you know, not that he hasn't been taught the game the right way, but he'll continue that. Um, and, and yeah, so he, I, th- I think he called coach button, um, coach button reached out to me and then, yeah, I, like I said, I went there on the, the visit. He talked about basketball. We kind of toured the campus. I didn't even work out. He, he hadn't even seen me touch a baseball yet. Um, so he caught you off guard that he just saw just your basketball film. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. And, and going into it, you know, I kind of just thought, Hey, I'm going to go visit this place. You know, he'll come to a game in the spring. If I like it, if he likes me, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out from there. But he he offered me a scholarship on that exact same that same visit, um, and that's kind of going back to hey play multiple sports you know because you never know yeah you never know like I got offered a scholarship to play baseball um, off of a basketball game that's you know crazy I know yeah yeah that's crazy so let's fast forward once you get there like how was it like playing there you know and what was just some memories you had at DAC yeah so so it was great playing there. Um, I wouldn't change anything for the world. Uh, unfortunately, I did get hurt uh, my sophomore year, but and I think we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, you know, the people you meet, no matter where you go, that's that's going to change your life, and that's what's going to be the biggest impact on you. Um, I would say three, maybe four of my best friends, like are are from Danville. Um, but yeah, playing it's it's awesome, and it's a it's like it's a grind. You know, everybody, you know, college athletes. Uh, nowadays, like the NIL, is it NIL? NIL deal? 
Yeah, NIL. Um, we get money endorsements. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. So with NIL, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, college athletes shouldn't be paid, which I'm not getting into that, whatever you believe. Right. I don't, I'm not saying I agree with it by any means, but like it is a grind. You know, a lot of these kids are, you know, trying to work a full-time job along with, you know, you have two hours worth of weights every morning and then, you know, a three-hour practice. And then, you know, sometimes you have film, sometimes you have meetings and then you have your full-time student, you know, like it's, it's a grind. And at the junior college level, you know, these, these schools don't have money to just invest in all of these, you know, things that you see on TV. It's uh, like not like an Alabama type of deal. No, no. But you know, you're, you're showing up and you're hitting in their basketball gym, working around girls, softball practice, girls, basketball practice, men's basketball practice. You know, it's all of that. Sometimes you're practicing, you know, from, I, I, we actually practiced Danville uh, High School had a field house. We would practice there from nine to eleven some nights, you know, just because first off we had to work, like we had to get work in, but you know there there was no other gym space available, so like it's a grind. You but, had to use what you had to use. Yeah, but like that also shapes you into who you are. Like that, like it's gonna be tough. Like in the middle of a game, you're gonna be, you know, you play four games in two days. By that fourth game, your feet freaking hurt. Like it's it's tiring and it's but that's like you know that's that mental toughness that kind of you develop throughout that and and you learn you know places to go that you've never been before and and it's just yeah it's it was awesome i i loved it i loved every part of it um yeah so yeah um that kind of reminds me of this question i want to ask so what's the difference from a baseball perspective right what's the difference between like the high school level to the college level yeah so a lot like no comparison, to be honest with you, um, and I'll kind of explain why. So you got to think you're taking, you know, every single team because every like in high school, there's always one player on every team that you're like, oh man, like I don't, I don't want to face him. Um, you're taking typically that player from every single high school team and putting them on one team, okay. you know. Yeah. And uh, I would say, you know, pitching is is the biggest thing. You know, every every day you're facing sometimes 90 to 95, you know, other days you're facing, he might, he might be throwing 82 miles an hour, which is not, you know, that's not crazy fast, but he's throwing every single pitch for a strike in high school. You know, you're going to show up and kids are going to throw, you know, 70 every now and then you'll face a kid. Crazy difference. Huh? Yeah. Maybe throwing 85 to 90, but yeah, I would say pitching is the biggest difference. The speed, like it's, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a JV and varsity type of thing, you know, varsity, and and then you take varsity in, in college, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of a good comparison. And if you, if you stand me and LJ actually stood on the floor for a, for a basketball game and like seeing the speed from a JV game to a varsity game, it's just incredible, you know? And I would say that's the difference. You know, you got speed um, and you got just like knowledge of the game, you know, you get to college and it's, you know, what, what do you do in this situation? You know, you don't think about that in high school. You just go make a play because, you know, you have that athleticism or you have a good arm or whatever. But in college, you know, everybody has that athleticism. Everybody has that same arm. Um, so you got to kind of process and think and, and put yourself in that specific situation. So yeah. And like in college, you know, you just gotta, you, you gotta react. There's no thinking. There's no like, you know, making a play just because you're that, that athletic. It requires like, you really have to think twice about the IQ of the game. Yeah. And, and in high school, like I didn't, you know, I never lifted weights. 
you know, um, none of that stuff. And then you get to college and like, if you don't lift weights, if you don't put on pounds of muscle or, or whatever, like you just, you don't play, you know, it's, it, that's just how it is. Um, it's like mandatory at that point pretty much. Yeah. It's just, you, you got to get bigger. You got to get faster. You got to get stronger no matter how good you were in high school. It's just how it is. And it seems like you play way more games in the college level compared to the high school, right? Yeah. Like you said like, f- like four games in two days or something like that. Yeah. So, so in conference, we would play four games in two days. We went to every, or I guess the two years I was there, we took a, a spring trip to Myrtle beach. So you're playing two, you're playing double headers every single day. And then I, I think it was one day you played one game instead of two. So like, and you know, there's not 50 guys on the team, you know, there's, you have maybe a couple couple guys off the bench um, who can play positions, and then it's pitchers. So you know, you're I I played every game in Myrtle Beach in that seven day span. Um, my freshman year, uh, I got hurt my sophomore year, but my freshman year I did that, and you know, it's just it's you you don't realize, you know, you watch and and you know these kids they should be able to you know go out and perform every day. They're 18 years old, which yeah, like I get that, you know, it, it should, but also you know a lot of and that's kind of going back to you know the the junior college level doesn't have like they can't you know they don't have all the money in the world so it's up to you you know like if your legs hurt like figure out how to fix it you know Uh, if you go to like you said like alabama you know they have which we had a trainer and he was great and and he did as good as he as good as he could but he also he supported you know in the in the spring both baseball and softball uh, you know, in the in the winter, both it wasn't just the boys' baseball team. Yeah, only, right. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's a lot of just mental toughness and, and kind of figuring it out yourself. And obviously, like you know, coaches are there to help as much as they can. But when there's thirty five, forty guys on a team, you know, they can only do so much. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So it was it was a blast. Um, you know, I I learned so much not only as a baseball player but as a person uh, going through that and and yeah. And then, like you said earlier about, like, you know, making, like, life lifelong friends, right? So how was that just making those lifelong friends such as Jake, Siebes, and Andy Button to where, like, you introduced those guys to our group and then, like, our group and those guys are, like, cool with each other? <laughs> yeah, so um, I could go on and on with stories about those guys. But, you know, Jake, I'll start off with Jake. You know, I uh, – he – we lived together at IU, Um you know, one of my best friends and he's one of those guys that, you know, you may not talk to for two months right. and, and he'll text you and, and say something and then you'll call him and it's like, Hey, you want to hang out this weekend? You want to come to Purdue? You want to go to IU? Whatever. Like he's such I, a fun time. Yeah. And it's just like, pick back up. Like, like as if it happened yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's it. You know, Siebert, he's doing great things. He's a vet tech, uh, pursuing to be a vet out in, in Utah. Salt Lake. Yeah. He was my roommate, my, my sophomore year. Um, and, and yeah, he's, he's the same way. Um, you know, it, it sucks that he, he's from Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Um, so it sucks that he lives so far away because if not, I'm, I would probably see him three times a week, you know, and same with Jake and same with Andy. Um, and then going on to Andy, you know, like Andy was at first he was, he did not open up, you know, Andy button, which was coach button, our head coach at Danville, his son, Timothy Button. yeah, it was his son. So, you know, he, he's the coach's son. He kind of just, you know, minding his own business, trying to stay out of everything. Um, just because of that stigma. Yeah. Much. Yeah. And, uh, he, he turned out to be obviously like, not that he wasn't from the beginning, but he turned out to be in, you know, he was over at me, like Siebert and I's apartment every single night, uh, along with Jake. Um, 
but yeah, he's, I, I still talk to him, you know, a couple times a month. Um, one of my best friends, I can tell him anything. One, another, one of those guys call right now, pick up, you know, talk like nothing. Like he's there. Yeah. Talk like I can call him right now. And you know, we maybe haven't talked for a month, but it, it would be like, I saw him 20 minutes ago. So yeah. And that, and that's the biggest thing about friendships. You know, it's, it's not about, you know, being and talking with everybody every single second because lives get busy, you oh, know, big time. And, and people change, but you know, being able to call somebody and they're able to be there for you or whatever, whatever the case is. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest thing that I cherish about going to Danbo. Mm-hmm. And like no regrets, like you said with that. Yeah, absolutely. No regrets. And then, uh, this leads me to my next question. So like, you know, like you said, you got hurt in sophomore year. Is that ultimately why you decided to quit sports at the collegiate level and just moving on, went on to like a four year university to IU? Yeah. So I think at some point, you know, when, no matter what you do, um, whatever sport you play has to become a reality, you know, um, you grow up, you're like, yeah, I'm, you know, for me example, like, yeah, I'm going to MLB, you know, that, that was my dream. That was my goal. That's what I was going to do. Um, it was actually the second game of my sophomore year. I got hurt, set out two weeks, played again. Uh, I, I completely tore my hamstring. So I set out two weeks, played again, read, like did it again. Um, Set out two weeks, played again, did it again. I bet that was painful, though. Yeah, and then finally, I think I took roughly a, a three-week break, um, and I was able to – I played, you know, like three series, so, you know, 12 games roughly. Um, just a week – or no, it was actually a practice right before our conference tournament. Did it again. So that that was very frustrating. You know, you're traveling every, every other day, you know, two and a half hours on the bus uh, to sit there and, you know, do the book or whatever, which – I would never take that back. I love doing that for my team. I love being there for them. At the end of the day, you'd rather play, be out there with your boys. Yeah, you you would much rather play. And then also, like, like back to what I said about the reality, it comes to a point where it's like, okay, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm just flat out not good enough to go to the MLB. Um, So that kind of is like, hey, do I, you know, push this on another two years, which I would have loved to. Um, Would I change it? No. Um, But I think that's kind of a part that you just – kind of have to have to understand yourself and hey I'm like I'm gonna pursue school you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go be a college kid for two years um you know and experience a big university experience you know being a a fan for once you know you're not you're not the guy playing basketball at your school or the guy playing baseball at your school you know you're just a fan um and and that I guess ultimately is is kind of to answer your question understanding and and kind of looking into things as a reality is probably the the main reason why I did not play baseball after those two years. And it, you were just doing it for your own good. Yeah. And, and I think it would have been awesome if I would have played, you know, if I would have went somewhere for two years and played, yeah, it would have been awesome. But like I said, kind of, you know, go be a student, go, go experience college, you know, outside of a 14 hour grind. I mean, yeah, man, it definitely showed that you had a heck of a time at IU because, like, for one, I was part of those experiences, and then, two, I just would see your stories, you being at the bars all the time on, like, uh, $2 Tuesday. Yeah, $2 Tuesday was a great time at IU, and, cheese. I think uh, you went to Purdue, but I think you were, our senior year, you were, at I, you were at IU more than you were at Purdue. Yeah, because, like, the Purdue thing was, like, a joke, honestly, and then really, I didn't really have any, like, close friends at Purdue, and I had you, Jake, Calvin. Yep. Yeah, Will. And it's like, dude, I might as well go to IU. Yeah. And make the best of this, like, protect IU, protect Purdue BS. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, 
you know, going to IU, and I've talked a lot about this, but like you just create so many friendships, you know, like Joseph Harness, for example, like he was one of my best friends throughout elementary school until like four, actually he moved away in sixth grade. Right. Yep. And then like, I did, I, Hey, what's up, man? Like if I see him at Walmart, but I never talked to him. And then I moved or I go to IU and he's my next door neighbor, you know, Calvin Larkin, uh, his brother, Will, and, and there are other roommates as well. I, you've had Dylan on, or, uh, Matt on the podcast yeah. already this year. But like, you know, Cal, I always knew his, knew of Cal. He went to one of Mac. Um, but it was just like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Most, right. Before, if that, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I go to IU, he's my next door neighbor. Now, both of those are, they're two of my really, really close friends, you know? Um, and I think that's, that was a, a super, that was, that was one of the best parts about IU. Despite our years of transferring to our respective universities, you, sorry, universities, that's when sadly COVID hit. So despite with, COVID, with the COVID challenges, we still had a great time, man. Yeah. And I couldn't be more thankful for those uh, experiences, man. Yeah. And I would say that like, I get asked a lot, like, hey, how was IU? You know, and that's a really tough question to answer. Like, uh, yeah, f- first off, it was great. But second off, you know, I didn't really get to experience that much of IU. Um, you know, our junior year, what we went until February, roughly? March. March. Yeah. Um, and they shut it down. So, kind of just learning everything, everything about the campus, um, you know, meeting people. Next thing you know, you know, you're, I'm living in my parents' basement not doing anything because of covid yeah, literally playing call of duty every night yeah. studying yeah which you know shout out to video games if it wasn't for video games you know i wouldn't have talked to anybody for yeah, for, for two months um but then senior year you know it was i had no no classes in person so you know i i would say i was probably 50 50 at iu and and at home which i rented an apartment out you know with jake and uh bj, BJ and nirvan um because we didn't know if we were going to go back or not. And, you know, like those apartments close fast, you know? So we were like, Hey, this is where we want to live. We got to do it. So we did it. Um, turned out, I mean, was it worth it financially? No. Memory wise? Absolutely. Yes. You know? Um, and it was, it was fun, you know, kind of it, obviously, you know, as much as it's, as, as awesome, I guess as awesome as it was, um, having online classes and being able to do them whenever you want, you know, like you missed, going to class, you know, yeah. that, that stuff, you know, it, it did suck. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a blast. Um, it sucks. We couldn't experience the true two full years, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a blast. Um, I, I had some great memories. We had great memories together. You know, it created tons of friendships, tons of connections and, and kind of back to what we were talking about, about baseball. Like, would I have liked to go two more years? Yeah. But what, you know, sitting in my shoes right now, would I have changed it? Absolutely not. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason, man. Yep, you're exactly right. And then, like, I know this is, like, off topic, but, man, like, the summer going to senior year college, man, like, that was the COVID summer. I just want to say this to, uh, to you, Alec, man. Even though everything was closed, you know, per se, that was one of the most fun most fun summers I've ever had in my life because, like, we were all together because, like, there was nothing else to do. Like, yeah. We took advantage of your um, parents' backyard at its finest by playing some uh, what do you call it? Spike ball. Yeah. Having cookouts outside, just making the best of it. And, and we're hanging out at uh, Leah Cecil's, which is Erica's parents. And dude, that was like, honestly the time of my life, honestly. Yeah. And I don't want to get like too deep into COVID, but right. I, th- I think like as bad, you know, it, COVID brought from that aspect, it brought a lot of people together, you know, which obviously there was tons of tragedies during that. So I don't, right. you know, I don't mean it like that, but I know what you're saying, you know, there was, there was a lot of things that, you know, you, 
you have to learn to, to adjust. yeah, adapt. adjust and like fam, like my family, you know, we were so busy at the time. We maybe had a family meal once a week, you know, before COVID and, you know, in the middle of COVID you're stuck with each other. And like I said, literally two months, I did not leave the house for two months. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, I, I'm, I don't mean this tragically, but I'm, you know, thankful for those two months right. of, of being able to, you know, learn each other and, and figure out how to, how to adapt. To, right. And, uh, to Luke, that. and Luke Combs, he pretty much said the same exact thing really um, on the full send podcast. He's like, yes, I wish it didn't take a pandemic to get, you know, my family closer and get, you know, my life together, but it worked out. Yep. Absolutely. And then, um, yeah, so sorry about, you know, that off topic, but you know, I just had to say that. Yeah. Um, but it just talks about just like the friendship, man. And then like, let's talk about, um, the work life, man. So after IU, tell us about your first job and how you exactly land in that position. Yeah. So after IU, I went and worked, um, for a company called Aston Carter previously. I don't, they, they were known as Aerotech, um, kind of expanded, I guess would be the proper word, um, into more specific, um, divisions to an extent, um, but yeah, I landed that job because of my high school baseball coach, um, Justin Brannock. Kind of, you know, I Craig Welding is a thing within my family, and uh, my dad kind of always said, you know, like, hey, I want, I want you, you know, I don't want you to come here and work right out of college. I want you to go get experience somewhere. I kind of just texted Justin. I saw he posted something on Facebook about they were hiring. Texted him, got me an interview, but you know, he he treated that really well because he's like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll help you, but you're, and and he was a. a a manager at the time. He's like, Hey, I'll help you, but you're not going to work for me. You know, I don't, I don't want that. Um, and he, the way that he, he entered that company was kind of the same way. You know, one of his best friends worked there. His best friend was like, Hey, I'll help you, but you're not going to work for me. So that's kind of how that happened. You know, interviewed, um, Aaron Drummond's his name. He's been one of the most impactful people in my life, um, over the past two, two, three years. Um, and yeah, that that's ultimately how I landed that job was based off of, of Justin. And just tell me about like how was it experiencing a job outside of the shop of Craig Weldon? Like was like do you think that was well needed to your yeah, benefit? Yeah, absolutely. And it you know, in the in the staffing world, which that's what that's what Ashton Carter was, it's like it's a grind. You know, it's it's not you know, you go sit in front of your computer for eight hours a day and then you close it and you go home. You know, you gotta answer phone calls eight o'clock at night. You know, there's people you know, who, who it's exciting sometimes because people get hired, you know, sometimes it's disappointing because you have to let people go and you may never see these people in person. You know, it's all over the phone, all over, you know, Microsoft teams, whatever that is. And it's kind of frustrating. You know, you get to know these people, like they're some of your best friends and then, uh, you never talk to them again, you know, then they're mad at you or, or whatever that may be. Um, but no, it was great. You know, that job was exactly what I needed. Um, the people I met during that job was exactly what I needed. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a great experience and, and great kickstart to my career. Right. How did you take those experiences, experiences, excuse me, and then take that to the table once you went to Craig Weldon? Yeah. So it's been, it's, it's very different just because, you know, going from a staffing, working from home, you know, all of that sort of stuff to being, you know, in a manufacturing plant, you know, working eight hour, you know, eight hours a day on the floor. Um, and I've been super thankful for, you know, my dad, my grandpa, along with Chris Peterson, um, who are all, you know, have ownership in the, in Craig welding just because they, you know, I didn't walk in and they didn't hand me anything, uh, which yeah, like, like I, and I'm going through that right now, which 
it's like it sucks like it's right. it's difficult it's not easy but i'm thankful for that and and kind of the the route that they're allowing me to go because that i want that to be my future and i know what i want to do in the future and and what i see you know out of that out of that company but you know you got to earn it you know and and they're kind of going through you know hey you got like you're starting here you got to earn all of the guys who work here's respect once you earn their respect then you got to earn our respect you know and and it sucks but it's i'm super thankful it's for it's a grind it. you know yeah like it's i i wouldn't want it to be any other way right my dad was just telling me this today like you know the more like if you quit and just take easy routes then it's a harder life yeah yeah and you know you can at any point you know you, you're given a choice like if you want to throw in the towel you can throw in the towel right. but also you know that that kind of tells a lot about who you are personally um and that's what people look for like who are the people who throw in the towel and who are the people that dig deep and and that's you know what person do you want to be and and what impact do you want to have on that exactly because you know they want to look at you as a valuable asset in the long run yeah yeah and you know any business there is you have to make money you know if you're just thrown in a position you know you're you know a family a family business you're thrown in here and and you know, you're going to get away with everything. You're going to make good money, blah, blah, blah. You know, like who is that really benefiting? It's first off, it's not benefiting you. Right. And second off, it's not benefiting the company or anybody who works there. Especially with tough times lately in the last couple of years, you know, we've been through as yeah. a, uh, what do you call it? Economy. Oh, economy. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, there, I'm, I'm sure there's companies that do that. And that's kind of back to what I'm saying. Like, I'm thankful that, you know, I, I didn't know anything about that place. You know, I did. But I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know anything from the business side of it. And you got to learn. And someday, like, that's going to be my future. And I want to understand how that place operates and how that place makes like money. The ins and outs of it. Yeah. And and you're not going to, you know, it's not a, it's not like it's a crazy big company. Right. Um, you got to understand everything from that and, and how to operate. You got to understand how to operate the, you know, the, the floor and the ground up in order to operate the business. And if you don't know one of the two, you know, it's it's probably not going to work out. Right. It's crazy there's like a lot behind the scenes that goes on to this to make it into a successful one. Yeah, and it's it's super cool just I mean, I don't remember a ton of it but seeing pictures and and bits and pieces of memories that I have like that place like grew up fast. And I think it grew up faster than a lot of people expected or or realized it did. Right. Um and it had to change and like I mean not that it was going bad, but people had to change the way. Adapt. They had to, yeah, yeah. You, ha you have to change and adapt to the way you manage, to the way you run it, you know, to the way you you work on the floor, you know. And, and it's been super, super cool. And I'm super fortunate to be able to grow up witnessing that. Right. And then with that being like a family business, right, that comes with obviously knowing people, your own family. So how is it being able to work full time with your dad, your mom, LJ, uh, Doug Button, John Martin, and just all those guys. Yeah, and everybody's been super helpful, and I've been super thankful. You know, my dad has been, he's been really, really good about not being a boss and just being a dad. You know, I don't I don't report to him. You know, I, I don't have any, actually, honestly, with Craig Welding, like, I kind of have nothing to do with him with that. From, from the, the 40 hours a week, work week, that aspect, I, like, we don't, we don't have to communicate. You know, we could go all week without saying a word to each other. So, um, I've been thankful for that. And, you know, Doug is one of the most helpful guys in the world. You know, me and LJ, um, you know, I work directly with him. So it's nice, you know, it's, 
a friend, you know, our friendships only gotten closer because of that. Um, John Martin, love him to death. You know, it's he knows he, his UFC. Oh yeah, you could go, <laughs> you could go on and on about everybody who who works there, yeah. um, and you know how helpful they are. Like that's been the biggest thing is, like I said, I don't know anything about that, and you know, sometimes yeah, I might be you know the boss's son or yeah. grandson or you know cousin or whatever that may be, but um, there's a lot of people there who know a lot more than I do, and you know, they've all been very willing to help and very, you know. And most people in your shoes would not be comfortable admitting that. So yeah. I can't mend you of doing that. Yep. So, like, I think you explained this a little bit earlier, but I want to know like, a full in-depth answer about this. So what's your ultimate goal later on with the shop? Yeah, and, you know, I don't, to answer that question, honestly, like, I don't know. You know, I, I think the traditional, you know, you want it to grow, you want it to, you know, operate successfully, Um you know, and I'm, I'm still learning. Like, I don't know the direction that that place is going to go. Um, you know, it's, it's basically a job shop. It's nothing, you know, we make outlaw smokers, which we'll get into that a little bit later, but, um, you know, it's, I don't, I don't know. I think the, the best answer right now is just continue to, to grow and, you know, do, do everything that, that we're able to do. Just go with the flow and trust the process, right? Yeah. But along with that, like, you know, not having a specific plan in what direction you want to go, but being able to plan for just being successful. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, I like that mindset. So, okay, speaking about outlaw smokers, man, I, and actually, I'm actually excited about this segment, right? So, tell the audience about outlaw smokers before we actually talk about the barbecue world. Yeah. So, and not to take any fame away from outlaw, it's kind of cool. Like two of the biggest smokers in the world are made in Mentone, Indiana with outlaw and game changer, which is uh Norris. Norris. Yeah. Norris. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outlaw, it kind of start like the way it started. I don't know all the specifics, but, um, you know, I just remember my dad always, you know, he built some smoker and I'm pretty sure, um, ultimately outlaw started, I believe because of rib fest, uh, that was, or maybe not started, but it played a big impact on it. And I think, uh, like Dave Coke, um, I don't, I would assume Doug Benton and then my dad, they were all goose hunting one day. Um, they got in an argument of who could make better ribs. Um, so that then created rib fest, which we're going to get into. Yep. Um, but so my dad was like, all right, I don't have a smoker. I need to build a smoker. So he built a smoker. It was nothing near what outlaw is now. Um, you know, a lot of just a lot of, of people, um, and thinking and all of that stuff has kind of started, I guess that started outlaw. Um, and, and yeah, now it's, I would say the, the best competition smoker in the world. And that might be a little biased. Um, you know, there's multiple smokers out there in the world, but I do truthfully believe, and I'll stand by that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I get, I've, have your dad on the podcast later in the future to talk about more about outlaw yeah so i mean speaking about outlaw smokers right and speaking about like the barbecue competitions it eventually led you and your dad to link up with like some of the best pit masters in the nation like uh malcolm reed mark williams brian wesson uh jay durbin aka mojo so tell me from your perspective how'd you guys link up with them and how's it just hanging out with them and yeah yeah so to be honest, I don't know that, I don't know that question, you know, or the answer to that question. Um, you know, Mark came to our house with Mojo one day. Um, and I think they pick up an outlaw, right? Yeah. They were picking up an outlaw and you know, that kind of happened occasionally. Um, so I didn't really think anything of it And and you know, those, those names specifically, those are obviously very big names of barbecue, but that list could go on and on. You know, you got Rich Parker, Mitchell Bedwell, you know, Heath Riles. Um, you know, those are all 
three more of extremely big names at barbecue and, and, you know, Brendan and Brian Dwyer, you know, and, and I don't want to leave anybody out because that list could go on and on right. with the best pitmasters in the world. And we have some local talent as well. Like, oh yeah. Like, like, like bums at barbecue. Yeah. And like Jeff Crocky, Hefe, um, yeah. you know, Dave Coe, BJ walls, you know, and that, that list could go even on and on. Frank, exactly. Frankie, you know, yeah. um, that kind of gets away from me a little bit too, you know, is, is, you know, Hef, like Hefe and BJ and, and Dave got a, they got a perfect score on ribs at the Jack, you know, which is one of the most prestigious barbecue competitions in the world. But then you, you know, you sit back and, and you think like, that's 15 minutes away from us. And it's kind of crazy too. Like in like those names you mentioned, you know, I think Mojo's roughly two, maybe four hours away from Mark. Um, but like Heath Riles, Malcolm, Mark, they all live within 20, 30 minutes of each other, you know? And, and you're like, wow, that's like, that's where barbecue's at. But you sit there and think, you know, we have outlaw, we have game changer. We have Hefe, BJ, Dave, who got a perfect score at prestigious competition. We have Frankie who just won a competition in the fall down at Bloomington. And you know, like it's, the, the people you meet is super important, but like I said, that list could go on and on yeah, with the crazy. people we've met and all of that. And, and yeah, it's, it's crazy. And like why I said, um, what me and Casey talked about on our episode is crazy. Zolman. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. forgot. Yeah. Zolman. That's yeah, exactly. what I'm saying. Like Zolman. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, when me and Casey were talking about on our podcast, we talked once again, we were talking about the barbecue world, right? And then it's just all those names you mentioned, man. I, what I love about this, from my perspective, is that everyone's friendly. It's not like a unhealthy competition. It's like healthy competition. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, <laughs> you'll obviously have people who you know, no matter where you go, there's gonna be people With who egos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I can't say one person that I've met at a barbecue competition, um, or one of my dad's buddies, which he walk like he walks into a competition and every he's buddies with everyone, um that like has pursued me to or has rubbed me the wrong way that I'm right. like, yeah, like I don't like that guy. You know, there, there hasn't been a single one. That's pretty awesome. So, and tell me how's the, what is the experience like at these barbecue competitions? When, when, like since you attend, since you and your dad attend some of them with like Mark and Malcolm. Yeah. So it, it's just, it's different. You know, it's, it's something that like when I graduated high school, did I ever think that I would be 24 years old, like going to barbecue competitions? No, like, honestly, no? No. like what? If you told me that, I'd be like, absolutely not. But, you know, and then you, you go to one and it's like, okay, like this is, this was pretty fun. Go to another one. And then you start meeting people and that's the, that's the best part about it. But to answer your question, like, it's just kind of a little escape from the world, you know, like you're sitting in a parking lot where there's, you know, you can only fit 40 trailers and campers and there's 60 trailer and campers packed into this place. And you're sitting around a campfire with who knows how many guys just, talking about maybe you know a lot of times you're not even talking about barbecue um about life huh? yeah just about life and everything you know and then uh but saturday morning at it depends on what you know if you're cooking a hog or or if you're cooking a kcbs or mbn whatever um but saturday anywhere from 2 a.m to 3 a.m you know it's business like you're not talking to anybody you don't care about anything it's in the world dialed in. yeah you're worried about cooking ribs or brisket or a whole hog and um, you know, I, I would guess, so my role, you know, we, we cook a lot with Mark, you know, like we'll go to Memphis and May with Mark and Malcolm and Jamie and Brian. Uh, we kicked a competition in the fall with, you know, Heath Riles and Zolman and, uh, Mark and Mojo and Mitchell Bidwell. Like this goes on once again. Yeah. Like <laughs> multiple names in barbecue who are the top names in barbecue, but like my role, you know, my role is I'm, I'm not going to 
you know, I don't, I, I don't cook the whole hog. You know, it's when you're with guys like that who, you know, just kind of stay back, stay out of the way. And if they need something like, yeah, do it for him. Um, you know, my, that specific competition, we ended up winning that, but like my job was to clean the smoker before finals. Um, so when the judges came on, the smoker looked clean, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a blast. I, I love it. Um, unfortunately I'm actually missing one this weekend, but I can't wait. You know, I think we're, we're a little over a month away from Memphis in May. Um, there's multiple ones in the fall we're going to. So yeah, I, I can't wait. It's just like another hobby to look forward to, huh? Yeah. And, and when you get, you know, out of sports, it's, it's the, ch- it's a chance to compete again. You know, I get more nervous for awards and barbecue competitions than I did for any sporting event. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's, it's just, just like, if you know, you know, yeah. And it's just like, it's just a different, you know, vibe, a different a vibe environment. And a, like I said, a chance to compete again, you know, you, you know, once, once your last game is over, which some people are fortunate to play a lot longer than others, but once that's over, you know, competing's over, obviously not, but you I know, know to, from a, a real life event, you know, and, and that is, you know, a, a very prestigious event that a lot of people don't even understand that I'm so excited and so happy I'm a part of. Yeah, based on what you explained, right, just now, and based on what we talked about in the past off air, right, it just seems like these competitions are like literally a bubble. Once you're inside, it's like a festival. But once you get outside, right, when it's like it's the end of the competitions, it's back to reality. Yeah, for sure. And that's what it seems like from from what I'm hearing. Yeah, and like having conversations with like my dad or Mark, you know, for example, um, we went down and cooked a whole hog. Malcolm had like a VIP pig picking. Um, we were fortunate to go cook the hog for that. Um, but during that Malcolm decided like, Hey, during Memphis and May, we're cooking a whole hog. Right. And we stayed, uh, that was on a Saturday. We stayed at Mark's house Saturday night, ended up staying all day Sunday. Um, just watch football, hung out eight wings, but I'm not joking you. I was so sick and tired about talking about a whole hog because that is all my dad and Mark could think about. You know, that is literally all that they could think about. And, you know, they designed this brand new pit for, you know, cooking whole hogs, and it's freaking cool. Like, it is one of the coolest, probably the coolest smoker I've ever seen in my life. Um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, they're they're friends. Like, we're all friends, and it's like, seriously, like, stop talking about barbecue for 10 minutes. Like, let's talk about the Colts playing the Eagles right now, you know? <laughs> It's crazy how like this is just a different vibe, like you said. Yeah, and it's it's a blast. Uh huh. And then um, I want to ask, so how are, are these competitions compared to one that I'm familiar with, like the Rip Fest? Yeah, so a lot, very similar, but very very different. You know, Rip Fest. So a lot of, a lot of teams like there's it's KCBS and then there's like MBN and I think there might be a couple more, um, but those are are the two big ones. Um, so KC, KCBS is Kansas City Barbecue Society. So KCBS is is a big one. A lot of team like so you can get like team of the year um, and all of that sort of stuff. So and that's based off of points. So a lot of teams at KCBS competitions are like chasing points, you know. Um, and and when you do that, like that's kind of I, I I'm sure there's some some financing you know involved and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but you know that's like serious. And a lot of these teams are spending thousands of dollars every weekend to go compete in this, these competitions all over the world, or I guess all over the country to chase these points down so they can be team of the year. Uh, and Ribfest is not a KCBS sanctioned event. So it's still serious. You know, like I always say Dave Koch, for example, he'd rather win, win Ribfest and he'll say it's not true, but he'd rather win Ribfest than, than, the, Jack. than the Jack, which <laughs> is, yeah, like I said, the most, one of the most prestigious in the world. But yeah, it's, 
it's not a KCBS sanctioned but event. But it seems like it's homemade rules, though. Yeah, it is. And there's a lot of stuff uh, at Ribfest that doesn't happen at you know yeah. KCBS competitions. Like Friday night, you're shut down at eight. Like not, it's not a requirement, but you know teams are shutting down at eight. 8 p.m. to go to bed because they got to wake up early. You know, rib fest is more of a rah-rah, like, hey, let's go have a good time. Let's hope we wake up on time and cook good ribs. And yeah. and it is serious. You know, a lot of teams take it in. And, but it's so much fun, dude. Yeah, it's so much fun. And uh, it, it is a lot, it's a lot different. But a lot of the functionalities and the logistics of it, a lot of it are, are very similar to real competitions. And there's actually one coming up in Warsaw. There's one in May and one in August. You, you and whoever wants to come needs to just come out and experience it. And obviously, you know, set Friday night, and Saturday during the day, like stay out of the way, but right. you know, just come experience the friendship and just meeting people because they're some of the best people you'll meet in your whole entire life. Yeah. I think the one of the best parts about Ripfest is like the day before Ripfest, right? Where everyone just hangs out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then of course you have to, like Alex said, you have to let the uh, pit masters uh, do their thing during the day, right? But after award van, it's a it's a fest. It's oh yeah, a good time. It's fun, and and like you said, sorry to interrupt you, but it just in my perspective, it's so much fun because I meet new people every time. Yeah, and back to what I said, like that's the biggest thing is just like the people, like that's why that's why it sucks so bad this weekend that I'm missing this one. You know, I obviously I want to go and I want to be a part of, you know, winning and the, the Haas, which is a new smoker. It's one, one competition, but kind of preparing for Memphis and May and like understanding like, Hey, we're like, we can do, you know, Memphis and May is a huge competition and understanding like, Hey, like we just did this. We can, we can do that. You know, that sucks, but you know, I want, I want to go hang out with people, you know, and I want to go see people. Um, and you know, some of my dad's best friends, you know, being able to like be a part of that and, and, you know, hang out with those people and just talk to those guys and, and gals even, you know, there's all, exactly. there's a lot of girls yep. in barbecue comp- competition, barbecue, but yeah, just, Hey, Casey loves to compete with Z. Oh yeah. She's a competitor. Uh, heck yeah. It seems like, um, we can talk about this more and more, but dang, man, we can make another podcast about this. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, like you said, you're, we're planning on having my dad on there to kind of specifically talk exactly. more in depth and that. And he'll, he'll be able to answer a lot of the questions that I wasn't able to answer and, yep. and definitely go more in depth about everything about barbecue. Exactly. You know, I, I could, but a lot of the stuff I like, I don't know everything. And, and he's been, a he's been around it way longer than I have. And, you know, like there's a lot of time in it, you know? Um, it's not like you just show up and you, you know, you buy a pig and you cook it or you buy a brisket and you cook a brisket, you know, personally, a lot of the competition meats, like I don't necessarily like, but, and a lot of the competitors don't like them. But it's all about what the judge is like and understanding what the judge is like and, and how to get that specific. You know, there's so much that goes into it. And and he'll explain that a lot more, yeah. I'm sure. It will happen. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Obviously, I don't want to rush, you know, him because he's a busy guy himself. But it'll work out. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, it, it was nice talking about barbecue. So, thank you yeah. for, like, giving me your perspective on that. You know, yeah. it's awesome learning about, like, new perspectives on things. Oh, yeah. But anyways, um, so what's, Alec, what's something you still want to accomplish in life, man? Yeah, so... You know, I'm a, I'm a big guy of like living in the moment. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I would just want to be a successful person and I don't know exactly what that is specifically. Um, but you know, I want to be a good businessman. I want to be a good family man. You know, I, I want to, you know, just be the best person that I can be. Um, and I don't know exactly what that calling is yet and when that's coming. And I think that's a, like, that's okay. You know, I'm 24 years old and it used to stress me out so bad. But I think I've realized like that's okay that you don't necessarily know yet. 
Um, and I think, and I know you and Ben talked a lot about yeah, that. Yeah, we had a podcast just about that, and that was awesome, man. Yeah. And I love how all these podcasts just go full circle, and it's just the best about doing this, man. Yeah, and I would say, like, to be, to be honest, like, I don't know, but be successful, be a good family man. Um, Try to be a better person each and every day. Yep, and and love God, and he'll, he'll lead you in the right direction. And just like I said many times on the podcast, like Coach Mo said, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yep, that's... That's the key to life right there. Uh-huh. Shout out to Coach Mel. Yep. So, and Alex, would you ever want to, I always wanted to ask you this, right? And I wait to the podcast to ask you this. Would you ever want to coach sometime in your life? Because, you know, Jared coaches the varsity baseball team. Your uncle, Steve, coaches the football team. And, yeah. And, you know, I get asked that question so much. Um, I don't know. You know, I think so. Um, at what level? I don't know. Whether it's coaching one of my kids in t-ball, whether it's, you know, being a varsity coach, I don't know exactly. Um, I think I do want to, and I think I do want to. Um, but when, I don't know. And, and right now, you know, if, if I was asked to be a coach, um, yes, I would. I have a, I, I'm just busy, you know, and I think I would, you know, coaching football, coaching basketball, coaching baseball, I would love to do maybe even all three of those. Um, I definitely want to be the guy that's like, Hey, show up when you can. Um, you know, you're not required to be right. here, but yeah, as, yeah, I think so. I think so. Heck yeah. Just like in sometime in the future, maybe. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'd like to hear that. So man, like we, let's talk about this a little bit. So, um, what do you think about March Madness overall this, this year so far? Cause by the time this recorded, I mean, by the time this episode gets posted, it'd be the day after the national championship ends. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there's a way to explain it. Like it's been chaos. I think out of like 20 million brackets, there was only six that, that predicted the correct Final Four. And like I was out in like the first round. You know, like, yeah, same here, buddy. Yeah, and I, I watched basketball, college basketball every single night, every single day, that, like Saturday, Sunday, every night, like all college basketball season. And I, I wasn't even close to having a good bracket. But yeah, it's been, it's been so fun to watch just because all of these teams are, you know, the, I, what, there's the highest seed's a four seed. Is that right? Yeah, I UConn? think UConn. Yeah. yeah. So like the Elite Eight, that was the first time ever that there's never been a one seed. Um, it's been crazy. Like it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, a lot of teams that you expect to be good haven't necessarily been good. You know, like I I loved Creighton. I was not very high on San Diego State. No, um, either. They're in the Final Four though. You know. Um, we thought our respective schools were going to make it all the way, but no. Yeah, like IU and Purdue, like they were both very competitive this year. Both were out before the first, like after yeah. the first weekend. And none of the elites, like the Dukes, yeah. like the um, Kentuckys, didn't make it far into the tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, I know a lot of people argue with this saying UConn is not a mid-major, but uh, my opinion, only one mid-major, or only one um, Power Five is in the in the Final Four, which Power Five ultimately, you know, ACC, SEC, right. Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12. And Miami is a part of the ACC, but... You, you know, yeah, when you're when you're talking about UConn, San Diego State, and then uh, uh, Florida, Atlanta, yeah, Florida Atlantic, uh, Florida Atlantic, yeah, 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 and Florida Atlantic. Sorry, brain fart there, but yep. um, you know, it's it's crazy. You know, I I UConn was good. I thought IU was going to beat Miami in the round of thirty-two. That was a good game, dude. Miami was beat in the first round. You know, and now they're in the final four. By they were beat by Drake. You know, down eight points with three minutes to go. Um, so yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a lot of fun to watch. I'm really excited for this weekend. You know, I know there's a lot of a lot of gambling going on out there. Um, and I'll be at Luke Combs. Yeah, yeah, you'll be at Luke Combs. Yep. But 
when you're talking about who to pick this weekend, like I have no idea, you know, I, I don't think Florida Atlantic's that good, but I don't think San Diego state yeah. that, but obviously they are, you know, so it's, it's crazy. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. I I'm pulling for FAU. Just their head coach was a, went to IU, um, was a manager with when Bob Knight was the coach. So the connections, so, huh? Yeah, Once again. Yeah. So IU ties there. Um, but yeah, I, I think UConn probably, you think it's anyone's game at this point? Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick right now who I think is going to win, I would say UConn. I'll, been, I'll agree. They've been super dominant, but obviously, you know, Kansas was incredibly dominant all right. year, and they lost to Arkansas, which UConn beat Arkansas Very by crazy like year. 20 points. Yeah, so who knows? Speaking you know? of uh, UConn, you, you and Webby saw them win the Natty, like, what, eight years ago in Dallas, uh, Texas at the Cowboy Stadium? Yeah, that would have been— 2014? I think that was my 2013? freshman— that was my our freshman year of high school, so I don't know exactly. Sorry, you have a one in twenty five memory, yeah. so I don't. I don't <laughs> Ten know. years ago, or yeah, something like that. However many years ago, but yeah, uh, I think it was Shabazz Napier hit a game winner. Um, he was such a good ball player, yeah. but they didn't pan out in the league, man. Yeah, so like we got to witness a game winner in the national championship, like, and then uh, me, LJ, Gavin, and, and uh, Jordan, Jordan, Little John, Jordan, Little John. We all went to the uh, national championship game in Indy the following year. Um, um, Duke, no, Wisconsin versus Duke. Yep, yes. yep, and Duke ended up winning. See, one in twenty-five. Yeah, but like, yeah, it was fun. That's like, the day when Gavin had to go pee really oh, bad. <laughs> yeah, yep, that was that was a good memory about Gavin. Um, but yeah, it's March Madness is my favorite time, and and kind of all of our other topics we could talk about this for hours. Yeah, I mean, and it's just not about the sports itself. It's just us once again, us guys like me, you, LG, Tanner. Um, going to Alabama HQ and then hanging out with your dad and his friends, just and, yeah, watching these games together. Yeah, and a lot like I always say, the Super Bowl is just. I mean, when's the last time you know the the Colts was our team? When's the last time the Colts were in the Super Bowl? Was that 2007? Yeah, 2007. So like here, the past what 15, 16 years, Super Bowl has just been a reason to to have a Super Bowl party or to get together. You know. Right. I think like March Madness is just a reason to get together with friends and family and just watch the games and enjoy them uh, and kind of give you something to do, yeah. you know, and bet on your uh, teams, you know, yeah. and have bragging rights with your friends, joke around, just oh, yeah. being dudes and just, you know, us living in the moment. Oh, yeah. And just so you guys know, uh, I've never seen two people, three people more mad when Purdue lost. And oh, uh, man. Th- then you can, you know, me and me and Tanner, big eye, you guys were probably we were probably almost more happy that that Purdue lost than IU won. So, so looking at our faces, right? Oh, we yeah. We're so speechless, dude. Yep, you, I still don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but it is what it is. You know, it's it happens, and, and it's just a game at the end of the day. Yeah, man. And, man, yeah, March March Madness is just crazy, and it's a good time. Yep, absolutely. So, Alec, is there anything else you want to say or ask, man? I don't I don't think so. I mean, geez, like, how are you doing? You know, you, you talk so much to everybody, and, and – all of that stuff, but you know, the podcast doesn't really get to learn about yourself. So like, how's life? Yeah. Thanks for you. Thank you for asking that. And thank you for, to consider that, you know, about that aspect. Right. So I'm doing pretty good. You know, life is crazy. You know, when you, the more you get older, especially in your twenties, a lot of things are happening all at once. It's not like high school where, you know, you counted this at one time and then the next another time. In your 20s, you go through so many things at once. Try and find your own house. Try and make sure, you know, try and find your own hobbies, right? Making time with your friends. Making time with your family members. Especially with me having divorced parents. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's crazy. Just the, just how fast life goes and, and all of that stuff. Um, You got a big event coming up Saturday, don't you? Yeah, Luke Combs. Yeah, are you excited for that? I'm very pumped, man. Yeah, like, what? what's the one song you want you want to hear? Like, what, what are you most excited oh, about from yeah. So, man, 
Honestly, I mean, good question. So I want to first state this. It's crazy. We talked about this off air. It's crazy how like not even a year ago, man, I I didn't like country. I didn't even know who Luke Combs was until the Nook Boys, aka Full Sen, introduced me to them on the podcast. And ever since that, uh, and it goes back to podcasts and why I like podcasting. Yeah. When I hear podcasts and hearing Luke Combs, right? Because like before that, like I said, I hated country. But once I got the chance to hear Luke Combs uh, come up, his story to success, it made me respect him. So therefore, it made me want to listen to his music. Yeah. And when I gave it a chance, trying new things, I liked his music. Yeah, you used to, you literally, if if I had a country music station on, like say we were driving somewhere and I had that on, you would make me turn it off. Yeah. Like that's literally how like, you beg you. Yeah. Not. And now like a year and a half later, you're going to I'm Luke not Combs. Stop, yeah. I'm not stop posting it on Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. Times have changed, man. Exactly what the Nuck Boys can do to me or Nashville. Yeah. So yep. like like I said, like we have so many memories. So that's going to Nashville for Tanner's 21st. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like the memories are countless. <laughs> like they're, it's a blast, you know, all of us too. You know, it's not just me and you, you know, there's a, there's a big oh, part. Yeah. There's a part and a friendship and all of that between, you know, anywhere from three to 10 guys. So yeah, uh, yeah it's 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 a blast and no i want to say this like if i'm being honest like no like our friendship has not been the best there's been many ups and downs but for some reason like no matter how mad how mad we're at each other we're always gonna find a way to make up man and that's i think that's the best part of this friendship man yep love hate relationship with this kid yeah i would compare us to kobe and shaq man (laughs) yeah yeah besides the basketball kobe and shaq exactly so uh man alec it's time for the cheesy question today yep I am ready. So, Alec, today's cheesy question today is: What is your biggest pet peeve when you're when you're going out to eat at a restaurant? Biggest pet peeve when I'm going out to eat at a restaurant. Yeah. Um, my mom is the worst at this, right? So, and you know, say we're going somewhere, and and I'll just use like French fries as an example. You know, it's like. Hey, you know, the waitress, Hey, do you want French fries? She says no every single time, every single time she says no. She, I, I, should I eat French fries? No, but guess what? I want French fries. So I get French fries every single time she eats all of my French fries. Maybe not all of them, but she freaking eats French fries. It makes you ask them, why do you get, or yourself? Yeah. Every single time, every single time. And that's just an example. French fries is just an And your dad can attest to that because he tells me that all of the time. Oh yeah. And, And Say, you know, whatever a side is or whatever. It's, no, I don't want that. But guess what? When it comes out, I think it just is appealing to her and she wants it, so she's going to get it. Um, She's not the only one. You know, other girls be like that. Yeah, and there's no, like... I like it. It just makes me laugh. Yeah. You know, it's not like seriously. Don't eat my. You know, it's just it's laughable. You exactly. know, but but yeah, I would say you know, there's not necessarily a specific pet peeve of mine, but that's that's a funny pet peeve. It I is a pet, It's yeah. a funny answer. Yeah. So, um, Alec, man, I just want to say thanks. Um, thanks for coming on, man. It means a lot, man. Yeah, this is really fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. You know, I can't wait to listen to more. Um, if you're not listening to this podcast, you're crazy. This is the best podcast on the market right now. Go listen, and, and thanks for having me, man. Yeah, what a real G. Thanks, man, for everything you've done, and thank you for um, what your family has done to me once again. Couldn't be more thankful. And then, guys, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, please leave a review and rating and share the podcast. I will greatly appreciate that, and you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook. See ya. See ya.